Keeping it valid. <laughs> Season three. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, Trish Baron, judo teacher. Let's start with that. Dan couldn't join us uh, today. And we're here to talk about judo, martial arts in general, and life. Oh, okay. Um, so let's start a little bit with personal history. How you want to tell us about a little bit how you started, what you've done. Okay. Um, I started relatively late, started at the age of 24. Um, as uh, a youngster in my home country, in England, I, I wanted to study judo, but my parents wouldn't let me. They didn't think it was nice for a girl to do that. So I had to leave it on a side and wait until I came to live in Israel. And, uh, and then I, I chose judo as, as a, somewhere to go in the evenings twice a week. But I was lucky enough to fall into a really, really good club run by uh, Imis Deor, Imi Lichtenfeld, the founder of Krav Maga. Wow, he, he taught judo? Well, yeah, he, that was one of the things that he taught. Um, okay. Or he had teachers actually teaching judo in, in his club, but it was uh, Moadon Imi in Natania. And uh, I was there for a few years and then moved to Tel Aviv. And when I moved to Tel Aviv, I looked for a place that was able to offer me um, the best possible, the highest possible level of judo in Israel. And Everybody that I spoke to who knew anything about judo said the only place you can go and train with is in Doron Navon, uh, with Doron Navon in Kiryat Shaul. And uh, Doron was the, was the epitome of, of, a Jewish, uh, of, a, of a judo teacher. <laughs> Jewish, yeah, there you go. All right, that, that was a Freudian slip um, of a judo teacher. He'd uh, studied in Japan for many years. And uh, he saw judo as it was a, uh, as it should be, as the founder Jigoro Kano envisaged judo to be as a form of education, something based on uh, fundamental issues, and not something that was just a sport in order to bring home medals. And uh, this was so I went to move there and continued on from there. Uh, th that's one connection we have. Doron is the teacher. Uh, Doron taught judo and ninjutsu. He did. He he taught my ninjutsu teacher Yossi Sharif, and we did an episode with him about a month and a half ago. Um, so that's one connection we have. The second is uh, is your daughter. Yes. I I studied judo at at Oritz Club when I was in university. He was kind enough to invite me to train. Uh, I learned a lot from her, and Orit was uh, was in the Olympi Israeli Olympic team, right? She, yeah, she was. She competed in 2000 in Australia, Sydney mm -hmm. 2000. Yeah, um, yeah. Orit, um, well, Orit hadn't taken up judo when we moved to Tel Aviv. Um, I started training there, and she would come along and look on her side. <laughs> and one one day said, "Come on, she's got to train." And I said, well, "I can't afford the two of us this year, but I'm going to finish in another month, and then Orit's going to take." Me. No way, he said, you've got to bring her on the mat. And nobody looked back from there. I mean, definitely the judo that took her to the Olympics was the, the judo that she learned from Daron and from Daron's pupil, Toli Halivni. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's where I met Orit. Uh, uh, Yossi recommended us to, when we got our uh, black belts in 98, he recommended us uh, uh, take a while to study with Toli. And that's where I met Orit uh, the first time. After that, I went abroad, I came back. When I started university, I started training with her. 
It's uh, interesting that you say that because when I was training with Doron and I achieved my brown belt, he looked at me and said, okay, you know, the next step is to stop doing judo and to go and train something else. <laughs> so uh, I did. And I went into ninjutsu and studied under Moti Native. Mm -hmm. And uh, definitely that, that added um, another facet, a very interesting facet to my judo, which continued on after that. But I stopped for about three, four years and uh, only after that returned to judo. And, and then you returned to judo full time? Full-time, definitely, yeah, uh, because jack of all trades and master of none, you know, if we take something, we're not going to call it by its name, but it begins with an M and it ends with an A, and uh, <laughs> and uh, a little bit of everything and, and nothing uh, sort of in-depth, and I, I really truly believe that if you go into depth into something, then you will learn a lot about many other things that, are, that surround it. I, I agree. I feel that way too. I, I found my place in the end in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's my favorite game. But uh, I think it's very interesting for, for, for me as a, as a practitioner and as a teacher to get my guys to do a little bit of Judo, a little bit of uh, Muay Thai, just to understand the context Absolutely. of the fight, where it could go, where each discipline stops because mm -hmm. another, another one has its core Absolutely, I agree with you. That's why when my when my boys uh, also arrive at their brown belt, then I, I send them to Gidon. Mm -hmm. I say, come on, you've got to go and train, you've got to go and learn something else. And they come back and say, wow, he did exactly what we've been doing, but more of it. <laughs> you know, and, and that, that's exactly, you know, if you go somewhere, if you go and find a really good teacher of whatever martial art he did, it doesn't matter. You're always going to find something that, that ties in with what you've been doing. Yeah. And it just, it just strengthens the, you know, the, your understanding of, of what it is. And of course, adds uh, a fresh uh, point of view that you can come back and, and train. I, yeah. <laughs> you want to tell uh, a little bit? I, I, I just remember I was terribly impressed when, when I heard that you were, you were competing up to when? A couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when, yeah, when yeah, was yeah. that? A couple of years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we have masters, we have veterans, we have... Uh, I, I didn't exactly go there to compete. I went there to study kata. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Um, and it was, uh, there was this amazing lady called Liz Roach. She passed away last year and, uh, from Canada. And she, um, she had this uh, master's, it was called then. Now master's is something else. But then there was a, a master's gathering that we would twice a year go and meet somewhere, whether it was in Europe or the States. or I never got to the States, but certainly when it was in Europe, um, I went. And you would have a day of competition of Shi'ai, of, of judo fighting, and then you would have a day of competition of kata. And, and then there would be a, a workshop, a two or three day workshop. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing because here, unfortunately, in Israel, there doesn't really seem to be anywhere for anybody over the age of 30 to, to train and to enjoy it. Because when you go and you train, then you have to show your prowess on the map by beating other people and and you don't well there are places that do uh, that's not true but um they're few and far between i've heard that argument from uh from a few judo people and especially from judo people who transition transition to brazilian jiu-jitsu there you go yeah because it's it's fun for them to come because we do a lot of sparring 
And, and I've heard a number of times people say, above 30, there's nowhere to train, be easy, be sababa. And in, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there are competitions and there are people who are professional, professional and everything. But still, the, the basic level of training is just sparring with Sababa. Yes. Yeah, like I'm, easy sparring. I agree. It's, it's a real pity that there is, that doesn't exist here yet. And uh, other countries such as France or, or anywhere you go in Europe, in fact, the, the, there is a, an amazing uh, variety of uh, different uh, types of judo training. And uh, people can go and find their place whether it's something, a, a, a club that, that focuses on kata or whether they just go for randori or they just go and play or they just go and, and enjoy it. Just, and here, unfortunately, it, it, we haven't got there yet. Can, can we talk about that a little bit, about the difference in general between, uh, let's call it professional, uh, competitive and traditional judo? So is that, a, is that the right division or how, how would you... How do you okay. describe it? Well, you, you've, you've actually encapsulated the whole of judo here, competitive and traditional judo. That is what judo should be. It should be both competitive and traditional. Okay. okay? Um, Jigoro Kano, the founder of judo, when, when, he, uh, when, when he began uh, teaching, he said that judo should be half a, a competitive and half traditional and of that half of the competitive it should be not only fighting in order to gain i don't know international uh, recognition but uh, or, or success but part of that competitiveness should be randori which randori means a game it, it means playing with judo and when you go to japan and you train it's so soft and it's it's that the, you, you don't actually know what's happening to you until you actually land on your back. <laughs> uh, uh, and you, you, it takes time, it takes years and years to arrive at a level like that. And uh, this is what people, nobody in Japan would bring their child to a teacher and say, okay, he's five years old, when will he be an international uh, uh, champion? And or how long will it take before he gets his black belt? You know, and, and the, the kids, the kids should be coming and the youth should be coming, and the children should be coming and the young adults should be coming in order to enjoy themselves, in order to, to, uh, to, to, I don't know how to say it, to, to find in judo what it is that judo has to offer. And that's health and that's a, a understanding and that's, um, I don't, I've lost it. <laughs> I, I, I can say for myself, I know why I like, uh, I know why I liked judo and I, lo I know why I like uh, jiu-jitsu. I, I enjoy the game aspect very much, maybe even too much, because I can see the way my teacher Gidon divides the time and he does uh, encourage whoever wants to, to compete. There exactly. are chances for people. I avoid it, but that's um, my thing, I guess. And the, the group I teach, everybody is over 40. Uh, nobody has a real incentive to compete. They only train once a week, late, because it's um, after I put the kids to bed sort of uh, group. And, uh, and it, it, can take, uh, it can take people uh, four or five years to get the first, the first belt. It's not a place uh, where that's the emphasis, although it could exist. And the, the, what, what I, the product I sell is just uh, 
enjoyment, enrichment, advancement. Um, I, 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 I think, I feel judo is the same. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. And it's a, it's a pleasure to hear that. Um, I also have a group of adults. We, some of them come twice, some of them come once, some of them can't come for a month because they have to go abroad or whatever, and mm -hmm. there's all sorts of reasons. Um, but they come and they, they pick up where they, where they left off. And uh, they, they come in order to enjoy themselves. And definitely, um, that's how it should be. A lot of people don't come. People, I've had half a dozen calls this year of people who say, we hear that you have a an adult group. Can we come? Of course you can. Please do come. But they don't. Why? Because they're scared that they're going to get injured. Mm -hmm. and, and if they go to another club that, you know, that, that, first of all, they have to prove they can do judo. So everybody beats the, the living daylights out of them. Yeah. All right. So, so they don't go back. And uh, I mean, take my daughter, an, an ex-Olympic player who she won't go and train because she knows that it's too hard, but she really misses it and she would really love to. And, and it's, it's such a shame because uh, this, this is exactly what judo should be giving us later in life and what should be, a, what should be offering anybody who starts judo. And as you say, if they want to complete, then fine. Then, then we go behind them all the way and we give them an extra training session. We give them a different kind of a training session. But um, apart from that, you know, it's a, it's a great pity. And uh, so this is where kata comes in. Okay, so, so b before we go into kata, can we talk a little bit about preparing for competitions? What, uh, I, get, I have a couple of uh, general questions and one specific one. So, go ahead. The, the general question would be, how, how do you view uh, the difference between, call it uh, normal training or standard training or constant training and training for a competition? Uh, and the specific question would be, how would you change the ratio, the ratio between uh, randori sparring and the rest? Because in jiu-jitsu, we put a, 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 a big emphasis on doing lots of sparring. And I know it, in judo and in Muay Thai, it's different because the sparring consequences could be <laughs> uh, harder. It, it depends which club you come from. Okay. You, you will go to a club who see randori as an all-out fight shiai mm -hmm. and okay. uh, there, there's no softness there at all you, you know randori is in order to beat and, okay. and, and not in order to learn and you'll go to another club where randori is a give and take you know if, if you step in and if you step in correctly then you throw the other person nothing happens to him you know and he, he one of the first things we learn in judo is how to fall how to take a fall mm -hmm. and yet there are some clubs who say no i'm not going to teach my kids to fall they're not going to fall <laughs> you know? and, <laughs> and they actually these clubs actually exist um, competitive training versus traditional training or regular training um, is a competitive in competitive training uh, it's the the what you study is very much more focused on maybe one two or the very most three techniques mm -hmm. and those are the techniques that you're going to use time and time again in competition mm -hmm. whereas um, a, a more a traditional kind of training would include the whole of the a the gokyo the gokyo meaning all 40 techniques that that judo has to offer divided into five gokyo phases the first one being yellow belt orange green blue brown and etc and uh, so you and each phase has about eight techniques 
So you'll introduce them all the time and you'll reintroduce them to the kids and the kids will remember them and they'll sort of they have a much more rounded approach to judo than you would in competitive judo. Mm -hmm. um, competitive judo should come at a point where you have a well-rounded understanding of all the techniques. And then you start to optimize. And then you start to optimize. Whereas, unfortunately, competitive clubs will optimize from the word go. <laughs> and they'll offer these kids, you know, two or three techniques, and that's it. Um, what I wanted to ask uh, a, a little bit more about the ratio is, um, is the quantity. What, what uh, like, how would, you, how would you divide the time? Would you do a lot of drills, a lot of... Uh, basic uh, uh, physical training a lot of sp uh, sparring H how would you yeah how, how would the the change from traditional to competitive affect the, that ratio well certainly um, you would do a lot more sparring in competitive training more sparring yes a lot more sparring um, I send my kids who um, go to train in Wingate in the, in the cadets or in the juniors, um, it's about 70% sparring. I mean, but, and tough sparring. Wow. It hard. really is. Yeah, they go there, they do a few uh, uchikomi, a few step-ins, a few uh, lifting and, and maybe throws. And for a few minutes, they'll do warm-up and that's it. And the rest of it is sparring because in these in competitive uh, judo team workouts, these kids will do seven to eight training sessions a week. Mm -hmm. And of those training sessions, two of them will be in, in a chedokosha, will be in a, a keep fit, a gym. in the gym. There you mm -hmm. go, right. They'll be in a gym and they'll be working hard there. Um, so little of the time that they have, the hour, the hour and a half they have of training will be in inverted commas wasted mm -hmm. on, uh, on strengthening or, or core techniques. I wonder if it's something that's uh, relevant to the grappling arts versus striking. Because I heard from hmm. a couple of Australian brothers, uh, um, one of them does uh, uh, Muay Thai and the other one does Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and they have this uh, MMA uh, uh, chain of schools in Australia. And I heard them talking a little bit and they talked about how in Thailand, uh, professional or semi-professional Thai competitors don't spar. They only do physical training and, and competitions. But they compete so much that they don't need to spar. Right. Yeah. Because they could yeah. they could be they could compete a couple of times a week. Which that's is amazing. strange to me, but I understand because because sparring Muay Thai is hard. Even if you use a head guard, it hurts. But I, I, I did that, that and yeah. Wow. I did that for a while and I got headaches and I stopped. Uh, even just regular sparring, it's... Uh... That's really interesting. Um, I think that, uh, well certainly here in Israel, that doesn't work for us because we have to travel so far in order to compete, <laughs> so they, they'll go to a competition a month and that's mm -hmm. considered good. Or, okay, pre-Olympic year, then they'll, be, they'll be training more, but they'll be staying in, the, in Europe and they'll be going from competition to competition. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Definitely, sparring takes a, a very, uh, a very large amount of the training session. So uh, that's that's interesting. I think the judo also. I think that that competitive judo, as as you said with the muay thai, is 
is a lot harder on the body than, than traditional training. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's a fact that Olympic, uh, that Olympic sport is not healthy. Yeah, yeah exactly. uh, right. And and you have a look at these kids in the in the in the teams, and uh, some of them take Sagimoki, for instance. I mean, he took the European medal when when he had a when he had a slip disc, and uh, you know, for somebody to step on the mat knowing that the, really this is what you're suffering from, and that, that it's it's. You know, it's something that has to be taken into consideration. Um, yeah, we're talking about ages of like uh, 18 to 22, right? That's, that's right. That's the champion's age. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the army age for people in Israel. And that's exactly the age when we're strong and stupid and we do what we're told, basically. Basically, yeah. yes. It's, yes. It's a good time to compete. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas if you have a look um, at people who... It's interesting that you should say that because... Of the, of the fighters that we've had here, take Eric Zaevi, for instance. I mean, he continued on until he was 30, mm -hmm. um, which is quite late for judo. But he, being Arik, he, he, I, I don't know what his regime was. I don't know what his training regime was. But certainly his type of judo was on a much wider basis than, the, uh, than, than you see today in, in youngsters who go and fight. And uh, one of the... Uh, complaints the contentions of many people in judo today is that the the level is much lower today than it used to be it's much further away from the base it's much further away from the fundamentals of judo and uh, because uh, then again and again they're focusing in the honing in on one or two or three specific techniques mm -hmm. which is meant to carry them through and uh, the pity is is that they they have little to fall back on when that doesn't work or when you know. it's it's similar to i don't know college wrestling in the states right where the the emphasis becomes so high on uh i don't want to say low level but let's call them uh single dimension uh proficiencies you have somebody who's really really good at at, at shooting forward you have somebody who's really really good at ducking under and taking the back and you get it's it's more like a like a sprint than like people who are good sprinters than people who are good at chess because there's less um, you, you, you're looking right. for less in, uh, interaction with with your opponent you're just trying to do the launch your body as as hard as you can or as fast as you can or as specifically as you can to hit something and if you do that you win and if you don't do that you lose yeah uh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely. You see that uh, you see that so much in uh, lower level competition, um, where people will launch a technique, mm -hmm. exactly that. They'll launch a technique, and uh, and if it doesn't work, then then they're on their back. And uh, you see, definitely, there's very little combination of techniques. There's very little Renzaku uh, Waza turning around and taking the person, or in the opposite direction, or using his force, or and that, that's one of the things about competitive training is that um, people succeed because they are faster and stronger and not because their technique is better. And, and that's sort of already beginning to miss the aim of the original there you go. point, right? A absolutely. So let's talk about the other side now. Okay, about the traditional side. About the traditional, and I'll, and I'll remind you of something something specific. Uh, uh, I don't remember when this was, maybe when uh, De La Hiva was in Israel and we came to meet you. Gidon asked if you'd come and give us a, a seminar 
which we're still waiting for, by the way. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's my. Uh, well, that's, I'm, I'm not Didn't I give him one? Or I gave Dan. I'm sorry, I gave they up in the north. In, in da- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Dan's group, but no, no, yeah, yeah. we're waiting for. You. We're still waiting for you in Tel Aviv. Okay. And using the opportunity on the air here to oh, ask again. All right, and I have to take up the opportunity. Okay, the And then, the, then you asked us if uh, I, I was uh, Gidon and me were talking with you together, and, and you asked us, well, what do you what, would you like me to show a kata? Or, or general throws and we sort of it, it sort of confused us for a minute because I didn't know exactly what you meant so maybe you can tell us what you meant that's interesting yeah and, because and... kata in ninjutsu mm-hmm. kata ninjutsu is um, a, a form of the of the basic of the very very basic principles of ninjutsu mm-hmm. all right going back to basics and using the same and, and as in karate uh, mm-hmm. whereas in judo kata has taken a different place first of all um, there are seven kinds of kata in judo and there are seven kata, not kinds of, there are seven kata and w- one of them is a throwing kata, mm-hmm. a naga- nagano kata, which Kano said, if you know this kata really well, you know the whole of judo. It includes every type of technique, hand, hip, leg, sacrifice, um, in one direction and in another direction, utilizing somebody's force. Uh, stepping in, stepping out, stepping forward, stepping round. Any possible combination of movement that you can have in judo is included in this kata. Mm-hmm. All right. Then you have a groundwork kata, and then you have a self-defense kata, which was built specifically for the police in Japan, because a policeman in Japan has to be a black belt in judo. And uh, Still today? Yes. That's yes. awesome. I, I have a friend of mine, she studied uh, criminology. Okay. And at the age of 35, went to the police force and says, I have a second degree in criminology. And they said, fine, you have a black belt. She said, no. <laughs> so, so they can't employ her? No, they wouldn't employ her. And she went back. And four years later, she came back to the police force. And she said, I've got a, I've got a black belt now. Can you? And they did. So, wow. uh, yeah, isn't that great? But so, aren't, aren't there all kinds of rules about getting with this the tangent? But aren't there cool, all kinds of uh, requirements for getting a black belt in judo? You have to compete. You have to... Uh, no, 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 points, uh... no, 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 okay. no, not in, not in Japan. Okay. Not in Japan. Um, but in, in order to get a black belt, so you have to do something like um, a 40 hours of training before you can even talk about moving on. Sort of. they, they don't have different grades either. They just have white, whoosh, brown, and black. Okay. They don't have color grades. So you just carry on until you know. Okay. All right? So uh, anyway, so the, the, the policeman came to the, the judo people and said, it's all very well, but if somebody attacks me from behind with a knife, I'm not going to turn around, give him a bow and, and, and grab his belt and, and throw mm-hmm. him on the ground, you know. So they formed this Kodokan Goshinjitsu self-defense kata, which is amazing because it uses all the, um, the, the, the basic principles of judo against stick, pistol, knife, kicking, Punching is really interesting. That's very interesting. Yes, I yeah, and I wanted to give you that. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I think maybe we'll uh, in the show notes. We'll uh, I'll look for a couple of uh, videos or something and uh, post look it them. up. Kodokan Goshinjitsu. It's really good fun. And what's very interesting in is I saw a couple of um, video clips of of Yossi uh, showing these uh, techniques. Amazing, exactly the same. <laughs> so uh, Goshinjitsu until, uh, includes a lot of Aikido. As, mm-hmm. as does the Kimono Kata, which is a kata that um, ties Judo to its uh, traditions. So it's with the sword and with the knife and mm-hmm. uh, samurai. And, and, and then there's one that, that copies the movement, the Itsuzuno Kata, copies the movement of water, 
whether it's a tsunami or whether it's a whirlpool or whether it's a wave or whether it's a current. Amazing, five techniques. And it's just magic. Is, is that with an opponent or, or everything? Everything's with an opponent. opponent. There, are no, there are no kata without an opponent. Mm -hmm. um, then there's another one which the elderly train in Japan. You see these 80-year-olds on the mat doing this kata. It's absolutely fantastic. So, so yeah, kata has everything to offer that, that judo uh, will expound. So it's, uh, that, that, that's the difference. But there are very, very few people who train in kata in, in Israel. Be, for the simple reason that over the age of 30 there are very few people who do judo. Do you feel that uh, kata training is something that contributes to to sparring ability or Absolutely. to general ability? Absolutely. I've seen it in Nagano kata. I've seen it in the first kata, the one of throws. Um, suddenly you'll see somebody who trains and he's not a fighter, he's not a, com he's not a, com a competitor. He'll suddenly, out of the blue, because he's done this kata without any pressure without any, um, yeah, that's a word for it, but no pressure. You go, you step in and you do it, and you do it again and again and again, and the two of you are working together in harmony, and it's a case of timing, it's a case of stepping in, and it's a case of proficiency, and, and, and one, one, of the, the, um, one of the basic uh, proponents of judo is maximum efficiency and minimum uh, effort. Mm -hmm. And, and this you can only do when you train without, I have to beat this guy now, kind of thing. You know? And this is what kata gives you. There's no winning and there's no losing. It's a case of working together in harmony. And uh, I see, I see time and again, people sort of moving in and suddenly they have no idea where it came from and they suddenly throw, because this is what they've been working on without any pressure to win. It's, it's something that, um, I. I started training when I was quite uh, when I was quite young. I actually started training judo when I was six, mm -hmm. but I wasn't good at it straight away, so I gave up straight away. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then I did some karate, and I, I found my way to to Yossi in uh, when I was uh, twelve, um, and sort of training and growing up uh, is the same thing for me. Because I, I grew up training, I turned from a kid into an adult or a so-called adult <laughs> while while training. So I have these years which I which are sort of equivalent to life. Like you get to when when you're young and impatient, you you have views, and then when you grow up, you understand more. And usually people mellow out a bit. I know I have, and it's something that when I was uh, I don't know uh, twenty. I was sure that I knew exactly what everything was and I had all the answers and all I had to do was do X, Y, Z and I get to where I want to. Um, I was of course wrong. And one of the in interesting, I I've told this story in uh, Hebrew episodes, but I have a friend from my um, reserve duty, from uh, Miluim, who's one of the best fighters I've ever seen. He's been under fire uh he he succeeded under fire i mean he, fighting fighter yeah, right, yeah okay. a real real fighter and he trained uh, uh shotokan karate and he was very proud of the fact that in his training there was no sparring only kata and when i met him it was terribly strange for me to understand how could you have such an indirect effect i thought that he he was maybe um misinterpreting I thought, okay, you're a good fighter because you're a good fighter, and the training you did didn't affect. Now I'm not sure what to believe anymore, especially when I hear things like 
you said now and, and uh, things that uh, Yossi says, um, and it's very intriguing for me. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has no kata. None. None. And it's, uh, it's but, a... But that, that's not quite true because I, when I was... When the, the little I have seen of, of, the, of the training is that you actually create your own kata while you're training. What is kata? Kata that's... is a preordained uh, chain of techniques which mm -hmm. you follow one after the other. Okay? And then you do that time and again. That's kata. So we have drills. Like yes. judo has drills, uchikomi drills, which are not kata, right? Or you can call them mini kata. Okay. Uh, maybe jiu-jitsu will have kata in the future, but for now, there are no real formalized sequences, definitely not some, something that everybody agrees about. Whereas in judo, there's something which is sort of... Nobody will argue with you about the kata being the kata. No. Right? No, no. It's, it's something... very specific and very detailed and very... Yeah. And agreed upon. Yes. Well, now, now that it's becoming more... Um sort of a, a more accepted form of training worldwide, of course, there's always somebody who's going to step up and say, well, I don't think it should be done like that. But then the argument is, you know, go back and read the Bible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't, you can't argue with that. You know, this is how it was done. And somebody who, the, the person who wrote the Bible was certainly a lot smarter than me. So who am I to argue with him? And what I do is I say, you know, if, if this is what Jigoro Kano and, and his Chihanin, decided upon, then it's not for us to argue it, it's for us to go back and to look at it and say, okay, why? Why did he do it this way? And then discover the wisdom within what it was that he did. And uh, that, that's, that's one, of the, one of the positive aspects of having traditional kata, in that you can always go back and, and check and see what it is that you're doing wrong and, and understand why they propounded the techniques the way they did. So, so the good thing about tradition is that it is a tradition. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think so. Um, it's certainly, it's, it's a springboard for us to understand where we came from. It's, it's, I don't know. It, I don't know if it's a question that will ever be answered. I know that, uh, I know that I, I, I like sparring more than any other aspect right. of training. But if you didn't have the, um, the, uh, the, the basic training, the, the traditional training that you have behind you, and you do, you have an immense amount of knowledge, you wouldn't be able to spar. Um, maybe, I don't know. I, I spar with my kids. They don't have a traditional training behind them, and they like to grapple, they like to, they like to play. I think it's something which is uh, inherent in people. It's like Tiger Cubs play before okay. they go Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree. But it, yes, but then at some point along the line, you have to, I think, that if you don't understand exactly why you're doing this. I, I then... agree, I, I agree. I think uh, the meaning, the meaning uh, has to come from some form of repetitive uh, movement. And that, in the end, will be a kata. It's very interesting to, to know if... It's very interesting to think if in, in the future Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu will have some uh, formalized sequences in it. I doubt it. Right. It's interesting because if you take boxing, for instance, which also isn't a Japanese art, mm -hmm. um, they also don't have kata. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's the Japanese who, who have the Japanese martial arts that are based on this tradition of hundreds of years. And they had their masters and... It was they they have somewhere to go, so 
sort of to go and, and to sweat for it, to, uh, to check and see what it is they're doing today, whether that was... It's kind of similar to, you talked about Japanese police. I think the military aspect in, like, when we say martial art, which is uh, a phrase I have some trouble with, but we talk about the martial aspect, the military aspect of stuff. In the military, it makes a lot of sense to teach people set sequences. Right. Like uh, loading a rifle, uh, handling a stoppage, uh, how, uh, how a team advances in open territory or urban territory. There's lots of sequences that people have to study in order to perform well together. Yes. And those are exactly kata. Absolutely. So maybe the military past of, of Japanese martial arts, definitely the sword ones, yeah. uh, com- comes into play, whereas boxing is not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting thought. But that, that, um, so that basically is what you were yeah. asking about. Now I have one, one more question, which you started talking about a little before and I probably cut you off. How do you feel that judo pra- training applies out of judo? Oh, okay. Um, that's... Well, first of all, do you feel that it applies out of judo? Of I have my own theory about I, I, that. It definitely does. Okay. Um, it definitely does. Um, every part of tra- the training that you, you achieve or the, the level that you achieve while training in judo, it doesn't begin and end with a technique. There's the ability to, um, to approach a situation and uh, to be able to uh, examine the situation from afar and then step in. Um, it's the respect that you give your opponent. It's um, the way you approach life. Um, I, I definitely think that judo training has a lot to do with that. Um, how does judo, again, how does judo... How does judo apply outside training? Does it apply outside training? Um, well, you see, I haven't spoken about actually being able to apply the technique, so definitely... Um, <laughs> well, or I, I'll I'm give, not talking uh, about throwing somebody in, the, in line to the cinema, but... Well, one, one of the things I always tell my kids is uh, absolutely no judo outside of the, the mat. You can only do judo inside the mat, but whatever else judo gives you, you take with you when you leave. And um, the respect, the, um, the there's that you the, for, and obviously the, the way that um, health-wise and posture-wise and I can always tell somebody from afar whether he's a martial artist or not, whether and spe- specifically judo because there's this grounding in judo that that or in tai chi judo, um, I'm I'm sure in definitely in karate. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you see the way that they stand, you see the way that they're rooted into the ground, you see the way that they move. So this is something that they take with them. Um, and philosophically, there's a lot to be taken. Well, you talked about it before. You said every graduation of, uh, of the Air Force uh, Pilots Corps, you have one of your kids there, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's in in I don't know in in that is different militaries it's different, but in, in Israel the, the the Air Force pilots are considered the, the the top of the top. So yes. Uh, so maybe my question could be: Do you think that 
training contributes to their ability to be the top of the top or do you think that it's selection do you i think that certainly the type of kid the type of person who will not stop after you know a few months because i see the boys who continue on mm -hmm. i see kids coming who have who have every ability in the world to be champions mm -hmm. leave after one or two months mm -hmm. and i see kids who you would look at them you, you wouldn't look at them again if you were looking for champion material and yet these kids persevere yes and the kids who persevere the kids who have the ability to continue and who will take what judo gives them and there's a lot there's there's pain on the way there's 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 frustration on the way there's there's okay there's life on the way there's life on the way and they take all that and they continue on and on these are the kids who um will will go on to greater things in life and and that's for sure uh, and i i i think that these kids this the material is is the material that you will see completing these uh, the, these courses whether it's in the army or whether the university studies or whether it's just life not necessarily university and these kids it's interesting that a couple of the kids for instance one of them was an iconoclast he would never listen to everybody he was Magdan you know and and Everybody would say, oh, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to be of this kid? You know, lovely parents, but he's hurt. And pilot. <laughs> and or this, pre, this, this kid at the moment who's, who, who completed just now. I mean, he studied, he didn't want to study anything. He studied uh, theater <laughs> in school. That's what he studied. And suddenly one day he said, no, I want to be a pilot. And so they said, well, you can't because you haven't got the right grades. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to be a pilot. So they said, okay, here's a list. And they made a list out of all the things that he had to complete within the next two years and he sat down and he did it. Mm -hmm. You know, so the, it, it takes a certain type of person to get there and to be able to continue until he gets there. And I think that um, judo gives them a framework, not just judo, I think martial arts or a, more than teamwork. And people are going to start screaming at me now. But I really do believe that individual sports um demands more of a a person than teamwork and okay. um that, that they, these kids who are able to at whatever age stand up by themselves on a mat opposite another opponent who they've never seen before and know that he's only got himself there's a whole team of people behind him but nevertheless on the mat he's by himself and he can get up on the mat and fight and fall and still bow to his opponent and step off the mat and say, okay, I've got something to learn. Not, I'm not worth anything. I'm stopping. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, and these are the kids who will persevere in life. And I, I, I think that judo has given them a, a, the, the, the road in which to travel towards, their, their, towards whatever it is they're, they're going to get, they're going to arrive. Yeah, it's... Uh... I, I agree with with a lot of that. I I, I was thinking about times I I haven't competed many times. I competed twice in Brazil, uh, uh, one one fight, lost the other. Um, I went to China lately from work. Oh. And I found in Shanghai I found the uh, jujitsu training, and I went to train with with people I didn't know. Yeah. When I was jet lagged and tired and yeah and, yeah yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and in another country. <laughs> And it was awesome. I didn't care if I won or lost. It was awesome for me Absolutely just to pe awesome. meet people and 
and uh, train with them and speak the same language <laughs> and i was beaten by uh, lower belts and i i it's not that i couldn't care less i didn't want to embarrass my teacher but i looked at it much more as an opportunity to learn and see and and uh, understand where the holes in my games are than anything else and yeah i agree maybe it's something that can come to different people at a different age but mm -hmm. I'm nearly 40 and maybe now I understand things which I didn't understand when I was 20. Definitely not when I was five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there, definitely. It's, um, there, there's something about, um, well, that, that's, there's, there's something about this worldwide family of uh, martial artists who, never mind where you go, I say to my kids when they're going abroad, I say there's a little corner in your case Roll your judogi up and put it in there. Definitely, you know, definitely, definitely. And and these kids, these eight-year-old kids, say to their parents, "No, we're putting the judogi in the cage." They say, "No, <laughs> it weighs half a kilo. You can't take half a kilo." And, and they take it and they go and find somewhere to train. And it's amazing the number of kids who are doing this. And uh, they also they step onto the mat. And they, I had one boy. He for his bar mitzvah, his parents took him to Japan. I said, "Take the oh, gi." Awesome. Take the gi. Take the gi. And he did. And he went to the kodokan. And wow. he went and trained in the kodokan. This. 12 and they gave him so much respect this 13 year old kid on the mat wow. and they 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 really they welcomed him into into a training session he did kata he's he hates competition <laughs> and he went in there and he did kata and he came back and he was like glowing you know and it's it was and i said you you realize who just uh, who trained him he said that's the head of the mat you know the, the head teacher of the of the kodokan kata uh, dojo and he said, I didn't know that. He was so nice, you know, <laughs> and so, and, uh, yeah, so, and he also said they threw me all the time. I, all I did was fall. I, mm -hmm. I, I managed to get in a couple of techniques, but all the time I just fell and fell. I said, how was it? He said, it was awesome. Yeah. Was I, I can relate to that. Yeah. And, uh, so this is what, definitely, this is what you take with you when, when, when you, when you go outside the mat. So. If if we're if we're talking about international stuff, all right. Let's 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 go. Let's talk about two things. Uh, start with whichever you prefer. One of them is the common. Like uh, we talked about that a little bit now. If you you go to another you go to another place, people sort of, especially in judo, people tend to agree about what basic judo is. You have katas that you said everybody agrees they are the kata you have throws people don't tend to invent and after that we can talk about how it evolves in different places what people called russian judo uh, mm. that kind of stuff so wh wh which would you like to start with the common or the different uh -huh. okay um let's start with the common because the common is the different today okay all right they're, they're Unfortunately, very few people, um, it, it, it's, it's a bit like organisms and the chromosomes, you know? okay. <laughs> okay? You, you've got this technique, which is the organism, all right? Okay. And, and the organism is fine and everybody's using it and everybody's, but they don't stop and wonder why it's not working or why they have to use force in order to succeed. And what you really have to do is put it under a microscope, go back and look at the chromosomes. And then you have the very, very basic of the basic, which is something that um, they, they train all the time in Japan. You talk about the uchikomi, the stepping in of the, the 
uh, hikite, which is pulling of the hand. How do you pull it? Which direction do you pull it? Where do you grab from underneath or from the top or, or whether you're pulling in this direction or pushing in that direction? Each technique has its different directions of kuzushi, of mm -hmm. pulling out of, uh, balance. of balance, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you've got the, you've got the hikite, and you've got the, the tsurite, and you've got the kuzushi, and you've got the kaki, and you've got the, the uchikomi, and these are the very, very basic, basic principles of every single technique. And if you learn those principles, you can apply them to every technique that you want to learn afterwards. But if you don't have those principles, and many people don't, they just see a technique and they say, okay, well, let's do this leg technique or stogari. Okay. And mm -hmm. so they go in and they teach that, okay, you have to lift your leg and you have to, but something's wrong. Something's missing because people don't have the time. I believe, okay. I mean, in my day, in my, at my age, right? Yeah. I see there's so much time. There's so much more time. You're almost 40. You've got another 40 years to go, <laughs> uh, at least. All right. And uh, let's hope that it's even longer, um, that they don't have the time to step back and to look under the microscope. Okay. And, and I think this is what is missing in what people call base judo today, but it's not. So while people can share the, let's call it the, the names of the techniques or the, the appearance of the technique the appearance is, 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 a good word. is agreed, is still agreed upon by everyone. Yes. What makes it up is, is growing apart between different places. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And why is because time, uh, competitive pressure, uh, lack yes. of attention to details? It, well, that, that rises out of the pressure to succeed, um, unfortunately. So uh, that's the interaction again between competitive and traditional? Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. That, that's, that's what I've been trying to say. <laughs> oh, that's what I've been meaning to say. Um, and uh, definitely, this is uh, something that differentiates between a fighter, an international fighter, who will be able to achieve certain levels and no more than those who go all the way to the top and, and you know, are to be emulated. <laughs> and, and between the, between the, the select group, let, let's say you agree that this, this fighter is good and this fighter is good and this fighter is great and this fighter is fantastic. Do you think there are styles which uh, which evolve uh, in independently of that? I mean, can people do things right but in different ways? Are there styles that come from different countries, different times? I, I, of course they can, because when coming from different countries, then you have different um, traditions. Um, you, you have the, the Georgians, who, mm -hmm. who phenomenal fighters, mm -hmm. right? And they have their own... Um, form or, or their own, well, they integrate into the into their judo their their traditions of uh, wrestling, mm -hmm. and then you had the same with the, with the Russians, mm -hmm. right? But what happened? Uh, this is interesting. What happened was that the Japanese looked at them and said, "Wait, wait, they're winning, <laughs> uh, and they're winning not using traditional judo. They're winning by going going down." by doing these, the, the, the uh, wrestling stance, the, the low wrestling stance, going for the legs. Mm -hmm. And so the Japanese said, well, it's our ball game. So you're not allowed to grab the legs anymore. Yeah, and I, I have that. Yeah, no legs, all right. And you know, bear hugs mm -hmm. and know this and know that and know the other. And a lot of that actually stems from the fact that there are a lot of injuries 
because people were trying to emulate, they were trying to copy these um, the, these fighters from different countries, but they didn't, they didn't, again, they weren't going back to the basics. They couldn't go back to the basics. They didn't have the basics of, of Russian wrestling or Georgian wrestling. They, they saw what was being done and they went in and they copied the technique. They did it wrong and people were being badly injured. Mm. Um, so um, a lot of these, a lot of the forbidden techniques today are based on the fact that people didn't learn the basic, basic principles rather than just the basic parts of the techniques and, and were being injured. That makes a lot of sense. There's a big debate now in Jiu-Jitsu, there's two big debates that I'm aware of. One of them is leg locks, yes or no. The other one in, in Jiu-Jitsu is guard pulling, yes or no. Uh-huh. Guard pulling is... Uh, like you have a, a, in jiu-jitsu, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu evolved from Judo, it came from, uh, from uh, I don't remember if it was the first generation or second generation student of, of Kano, mm-hmm. but um, uh, the, the idea of uh, sacrifice throws right. uh, exists in, in Jiu-Jitsu too. Of course, there's no concept of Yippon in, in Jiu-Jitsu, so there's no problem lying on your back and pulling your opponent into a guard. I see. And for the past, I don't know, four or five years, I've seen in competitions, people are, are, are playing to the rules and not to the game. People are trying to, you know, you can see two people sitting down. And if two people sit down, there's no, and neither one of them wants to get up because both of them have, uh, say, uh, an advantage playing, playing guard or they like to play guard. Um, it's 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 a very interesting debate when people are looking uh, for uh, rule changes which will counter that. And I heard some of the senior Brazilians talking about, oh, it's it's not the martial arts spirit of jiu-jitsu. It's not the self-defense spirit. Now that's something which is hard to quantify. All right. It's hard to define. You can say, okay, yeah, it doesn't look nice, but neither of them are doing something which is against the rules. Right, uh, and until you change your rules. So, so rule changes are, are an interesting uh, thing. I assume, again, in, in it's easier in Japan because there's one Kodokan. In Jiu-Jitsu, there's already like, I don't know, two, three big organizations which don't have the same rules. Right, right. Like with right. Gi and without Gi, it's different rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Different yeah. leagues yeah. have different yeah. rules. Yeah, well, in, in Judo, it's, it's much easier, as you say, mm-hmm. because there is the one, but... Nevertheless, there are now breakoffs from from judo because this uh, the leg grabs, for instance, not being able to not it's gotten to a point where if you happen to brush by accident a leg with your elbow, then then Hanso Kimaki, you're out. Um, so it's well, he might have brushed it, but he actually meant to touch it, or and if he meant to touch it, he meant to grab it, and if he meant to grab it, then he meant to lift it. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of um, so. So maybe it's a transitional time? I, I think so. I think so. Because when they said absolutely no grabs, they threw the baby out with the bathwater. You know? and, and I think they're arriving at a point now where they're beginning to say, okay, there are certain leg techniques where you, know, where, where, where you can definitely... Um, it, it's, it, it's not the Russian traditional uh, wrestling that we're trying to overcome, but, but you know, we can't... Uh, we, we can't continue the way that we're going because judo, a lot of people are complaining that, that judo isn't the judo that it used to be. Mm-hmm. And that now they're saying, you know, you can't grab over the back for, for any length of time or from the beginning of a fight, you have to grab kumikata, the traditional mm-hmm. judo. 
the judogi hold, the judo suit hold. Um, and uh, that's going to change as well, I believe. Because, But nevertheless, it's, it's refreshing because there was a time when the little kids would be taught that you can grab legs. So you see this little five-year-old running along with his hands on the ground, ready to grab somebody's legs and not even <laughs> thinking about judo. You know, so, and, and people would say, well, that's judo. This is what you have to understand. And that's what judo is. But it wasn't. And it changed. So we're going, we're, as you say, in a, a transitional stage where we're going back to the basics of traditional judo, mm -hmm. and, uh, which is really interesting. Um, kata has nothing to do with that. That's competitive judo. But um, it really has nothing to do with that. Why, why should it not have? I mean... Because kata is a separate part of a judo. It's rather like... Um, being a religious person in a secular world, you go to your, you go to church, you go to synagogue, mm -hmm. but you live your life around it. And the kata is the church and the synagogue. It's oh, an uh, interesting analogy. <laughs> I, I'm always interested in uh, in direct effects and indirect effects. And what we talked about before uh, strengthens the feeling I have about it. Kata being a, a real but indirect effect on on students' abilities. It's not that it's it's not astrology. Right, but you're coming from a different kata. You're coming from a different place. Um, it, it's a case of top down or bottom up. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, with judo, it's bottom. It, it. You know what? I don't even know in this modern age whether it is actually top down or bottom up. It used to be bottom up. It used to be that the base of the pyramid was half of this half of Randori, as we said at the beginning of our conversation, and half of and the other side was the traditional kata. And now, the whole of the base is fighting judo, mm -hmm. with maybe only like 8% or something of it kata. Mm -hmm. and, and that little 8% then rises all the way to the top, because at some point along the game you have to do kata, because otherwise you won't get your new, you, you won't get your new grade. Mm -hmm. you, you have to do kata, but you don't do kata, at, it's not done at a level that kata should be done. Mm -hmm. It's done in order to achieve a new grade. M maybe that's got to do with uh, the measurability of things. Because the, the nice thing about boxing and judo is that the, the rules are very clear cut. Did he fall on his back? Yes, no, you can measure it. You can measure it in yeah, better yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. You can have a judge, three judges, a yeah, camera, yeah. No, sensors. It's measurable. But things like w when you judge or, or air quotes, judge a kata, what do you judge? Beauty, cleanliness, that, that's one of, subjective... That's very interesting because recently kata has become a competitive... Um, a, 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 a kata has moved into the competitive arena. Mm -hmm. And there are now kata competitions and there are now kata championships, which in my mind actually is a step towards devaluating. De Kata, because kata used to be the side of judo where you could express yourself mm -hmm. in harmony with another person. Mm -hmm. um, competitive kata has to be so exact that you start off. How is kata? A, how is kata? Um, what's the word? We judged in competition. Mm -hmm. Well, you start off with six hundred points, and for every aberration. For every wrong movement, for every step that you take that's in a slightly 30% degree all mm -hmm. right, angle, um, one point is taken off or two points is taken off depending on the temerity or the, the, the severity 
of, of the uh, of the mistake. Mm -hmm. And so the more points, uh, you know, the person who has the more point, the most points at the end of the competition is the winner. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can have somebody who has five hundred and ninety-eight and somebody who has five hundred and ninety-seven. Nice, five hundred and ninety-eight is the cap is a Cathy champion. Mm -hmm. Whereas the person, somebody else who's done cat a beautiful cater and understands everything that the the the, the um, it contains, um, will you know he'll fail because he won't have. And so a lot of people, a lot of traditionalists, are really against this movement towards cater, but. Cata competition is playing a very important part because people who fight want to win. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, the Cata competition is drawing a lot of older judo players back into the game because they now have something mm -hmm. to win. They now have something to, you know, to, they have a reason now to come and do Cata, whereas before it, there was no reason to do it. So much so that people would say, oh, I'm not going to do Cata, just give me the grade. And that was done as well. It's very Western. It's very not Japanese. Very, very Western. It's the whole idea of incentives mm -hmm. is very. Mm -hmm. I, I can relate to it. It's uh, capitalist. It's uh, it's what I was raised on. Yes, it's free market. Absolutely. Yes, everything. But I I agree with you. It loses some of the beauty aspect. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The softness, the beauty, the the expressionism, and uh, for instance, the 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 police kata that I spoke about, the Kodokan mm -hmm. Goshinjitsu, is not called kata. Okay. Kodokan Goshin Jitsu. The, ah, okay. All right. It's the self-defense of the Kodokan. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what it is. And specifically, so, so that people would be able to express themselves, learning the techniques, understanding what it's about, understanding that you can, um, that you can take uh, the principles of Judo and use them in self-defense, but it's not a kata. So it is a chain of, of techniques, 21 techniques that you learn, mm -hmm. but nevertheless, you can express yourself within those techniques. And it's not something that it's not... What is kata? Kata is a, a tavnit, is uh, a... Uh, the literal translation is form, I think. Form, yes. Um, and, but it's a very... It's a metal form. Mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not a soft form. Mm -hmm. And within that form, you have to do it precisely. Mm -hmm. All right? I, I'm... My, if, if there's one word to describe my technique, it's sloppy. I'm the opposite of Japanese with anything to do with movement. Uh, I think uh, Jiu-Jitsu is much more... Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is much, much more forgiving. Right. From right. that point of view. Okay. That forgiving is a good word. Forgiving is a very but, good word. Uh, I, was anything... going to say, I was going to say malleable. You know, <laughs> something that you can sort of squeeze and change. And nevertheless, it still contains the same... Uh, the same traditions of the same basic movements. Yeah. So I think it's it's a good. I think this is a good place to to stop at. Um, it was a really really good discussion. I'm thanks, glad. I, thanks, I thank you thanks very much. Thanks for taking the time. Well, I really enjoyed it. Um, um, it's a lot to think about as well. <laughs> but uh, certainly, um, I would like to see more people training, not in order to win but in order to gain. And uh, I think this is what martial arts offers everybody, the, the, the opportunity and the ability to gain something. Never, never mind what it is. Some people, everybody's looking for something else. And I think that within martial arts, there, there's a place for everybody. I, I, I agree. That's a, that's a great closing sentence. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you.